because we are in full mountain condition in high altitude, you have always something to do. So it's absolutely not a boring uh, event. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Reenactors Corner podcast. We've got a special guest here today. He has been on the program before, and I am really glad to have him back on so he can update us with what is going on with the cool event that he runs. Bruno, thank you for coming back on the program. Hi. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. So for people who don't know about your event, uh, people who maybe didn't listen to the previous episode that you were on, um, why don't you just kind of give us an introduction to uh, what it is that you do? Yes, of course. Um, as a, a reminder, um, I'm the fundator and the coordinator of uh, Project Edelweiss. It's um, a reenactment event created in 2009, so uh, 14 years ago. Um, the objective is to make uh, the experience uh, of a high mountain trip in paired conditions. Uh, we reenact um, high mountain instruction of the Austrian and German mountain troops uh, before the war. Um, the context uh, is the starting time of uh, the high mountain army school created in November 1939. Um, within um, the context of uh, a school, the project um, Edelweiss participants can uh, represent different mountain regiments or companies. Of course, uh, all these units uh, must exist in 1939. Um, most of the time, uh, we started with events in France, um, and now we focus on uh, on on the Swiss Alps. Um, we completed um, nine editions um, in uh, both French and Swiss Alps. Um, and uh, here we are for the general introduction. <laughs> so when was the last time that you guys uh, successfully did the event? Uh, last time was uh, in 2021. Um, it was an excellent uh, edition with uh, a bit more than 25 participants. Um, we got um, quite interesting weather with snow uh, in July uh, during the bivouac. Um, and um, normally the event um, should um, take place every two years um, in Switzerland. Uh, but um, exceptionally, we, we had to move the, the, the two next editions um, in 2024 and 2025. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, you're working right now on planning two upcoming different versions of the Project Edelweiss event. Yes, exactly. Um, we wanted to, to have for this uh, kind of 10th edition anniversary um, two, uh, two steps. Um, the, the main challenge with Project Edelweiss is to, to find the right balance and the right combination between um, the security in high mountain, uh, having a sportive event, and in the same time, um, to have the reenactment quality and the volume of the participants. So um, uh, it's quite a challenging um, equation. 
Um, so uh, what we, we decided is to split the two editions. Uh, one will be um, um, a large event uh, in July 2005. Um, it might be the biggest Gebisjäger event uh, ever in, in mountain condition, in high mountain condition. Um, and, and then in 2024, it will be more related to um, a sportive event, um, welcoming uh, less participants, but with a really high uh, standard um, objective in terms of summit. So for the large edition, um, it's about three days and three nights in full paired conditions. Um, the hike is for all levels because we decided to really open the, the door to all potential participants and, and getting a, a really large edition. Uh, the bivouac um, uh, will be uh, outside close to a glacier with um, an objective of an accessible summit. So it's going to be an easy climb to allow um, me the management of a large group uh, in security. That sounds great. I love that idea. You know, I think um, having really high standards and a really demanding objective for an event can be a great thing. But, um, you know, you there is the potential that you sort of lose something with with the scale of the event. You know, the easier the event is for people to do, the more likely it is that you can attract more people. And uh, for some people, having a lot of people at a reenactment is part of the appeal, you know, I find. Some people really get turned off on doing the idea of small events. So um, I think it's really cool that you have chosen to do one that is as accessible to as many people as possible while also planning a different event that is for the highest standards for people maybe who are actually serious about mountaineering. Exactly. Um, and I, I thought about this uh, during the registration process for the last edition in 2021 because I got a bit less than 50 participants, but due to flights restrictions, some still COVID uh, issues um, uh, and uh, last minute uh, change plan, um, we we decreased to 27, 25 uh, participants. But the potential is here, and, and I have connection with people, uh, uh, even in the ES, uh, that's all ready to, uh, to, to fly overseas and, and, and to join for, for these days. So in order to, to approach this challenge of volume, um, uh, I, I started to... I tried to... Um, to, to, to do three things. The first one is to, um, to provide um, a, a detailed file to support the preparation. Um, it will be uh, publici uh, publicly shared with the list of all the requested and optional equipments, um, pictures of the right equipment, the right uh, reproduction, uh, the, um, the the, the shop or the manufacturer you, you can't contact to, to get the right equipment. So to support the people to reach this uh, quality. Um, and in terms of pure um, management of uh, this large number of participants, the trip is already adapted in order to make sure that uh, all these uh, hiking levels uh, will, uh, uh, will be fine. We can, we can welcome everybody. And um, I'm going to have the special... Uh, support for uh, from a French association called the Alsace Militaria. Um, they are focused on the impression of the 
136 uh, uh, regiment. Um, most of the time, late war related to the the fights um, in uh, in Alsace. Uh, at the end of the war, but uh, they did a, a huge effort in 2021 to come with few members, um, and and they respected in in really short time this high quality impression uh, standouts, and they are really highly motivated to to support in terms of logistic and and, and team management um, projected device. So uh, um, I'm gonna have a motivated people uh, to uh, to help uh, to manage all these uh, <laughs> all these participants and it's not only during the event itself in the high mountains and the, about the organization the bivouac and and to explain and to to look after the people in terms of security or or also just to support them during the event but is also uh, easy things or simple things like uh, Organizing uh, airport transfers, um, making sure about the trains, pickup, uh, etc. So uh, it's also about everything that's gonna happen before and after the event to uh, to smooth the the welcoming of uh, of the participants. That sounds really cool. How many people do you think that you guys might get for this large event? The the target will be between fifty and sixty participants. So that's a huge event. That yeah. would be really cool. Yeah, exact. And um, we we have um, a, two specificities in terms of um, impressions. Um, we still focus on the pre-war, and I would like to um, um, to uh, to launch a trend in order to focus on pre-war specificities. So not only having um, M36 tunics, but also M33 and 34 tunics, for example, or um, all these um, starting times of the Wehrmacht with the, the Eagle first model 33, some some details that are going to make um, a huge difference and, and not having the main standard uh, of um, uh, 1936 impression, but a bit more the um, detail between the end of the Reichswehr and the beginning of the Wehrmacht will be uh, quite interesting. And the second specificity and that will be um, uh, for the first time we we would like to um, include as well the impression related to the German customs uh, the Gebir Zollgrenschlutz so um, that will be um, uh, a possible impression for for the one who uh, already uh, collects on this topic so voila for the the main information related to this um, large edition in 2025 the program will be still uh, related to uh, Ike um, uh, instruction sessions, um, uh, the bivouac setup, the bivouac life in high mountain, and it, it takes a lot of time to 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 set up the bivouac, to organize ourselves uh, as soon as you are in in high mountain uh, uh, in terms of uh, water supply, uh, cold <laughs> cold management, if I I can say, and um, and um, what is really interesting in, in this type of, um, of, uh, of events, because we're in full mountain condition in high altitude, you have always something to do. So it's absolutely not a boring uh, event where you might have a sometimes public um, coming to, to visit you, sometimes not. Um, in this uh, condition, you have always something to, to, to look after your equipment, uh, your tents, uh, 
making sure about your water uh, uh, level, uh, about your, your food. Uh, every time there's something to fix um, when you're not uh, hiking. So uh, that is a quite um, easy part of the organization and how to uh, how to, to make sure everybody will have something to do during three days. So for the two events, the more challenging event and then the more uh, all levels of hiking event, are the uniform and equipment standards going to be the same or will the easier hike also maybe have more relaxed uh, authenticity standards? I, I would like to, to keep the same standard uh, because it's um, easily uh, reachable. Um, really, it's, um, it's, it's quite easy to, um, to, to, to find uh, walkarounds and, and, and good um, uh, theaters uh, and opportunities uh, when you know uh, the network. So is the reason why this um, uh, detailed file is, is is really key to to support the, the the people. The standards will be the same. The the impression will be uh, the same in terms of context and and uh, and um, and year of uh, 1939. Um, the only thing will be about the expected physical condition and um, uh, previous mountain experience. Um, so that will be uh, the the main difference between the the two uh, the two uh, the two events, and um, it's it's always a a, a tricky question uh, uh, when you, you you start to to talk about um, um, reenactment quality versus uh, quantity, um, and uh, since we have started in two thousand nine, we always try to to. To keep and improve year after year the the, the quality level and and I saw people in in few months uh, getting ready uh, without uh, spending a lot of money, so it's it, it's quite possible when you're serious and you and you know, you know the right people and you get uh, support from us to uh, to um, to find the right deals um, and the and the right tricks to uh, to uh, to speed up the the setup of your impression. So it's it's, it's really nothing. Um, critical, um, including the fact that we have uh, less equipment um, because it's a training uh, context. So we want to have all the, the parts related to the weapons, uh, ammo, etc. So um, it's really limited to uh, the, um, the solder equipment, uh, individual equipment, and some specific uh, equipment like uh, ice axe or crampons. When I'm talking about walk around is, for example, uh, using um, uh, Swiss ice axes uh, from the Swiss Army post-war, uh, still manufactured uh, in the Stubai Valley, close to Innsbruck in Austria. Uh, this is totally fine. Um, it's really totally fine. Same for crampons. So um, uh, we can find this type of um, of, uh, of solutions that are uh, less expensive and um, and, and, and still um, in order in terms of uh, impression and also in terms of security uh, because uh, it will be a, a nightmare for a collector to uh, to break a, a original uh, German ice axe uh, <laughs> during the event. I could imagine. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, I like that you used the word hike earlier. Um, where I live... There are mountains, but there are no high mountains. The mountains are very old, and they are um, not very high, as I say. And 
anybody really can get to the top of any of the mountains that are within driving distance of where I live just with a simple hike. Whereas some of what you're doing and talking about in the high mountains, that's real mountaineering, real mountain climbing stuff where you're using specialized equipment. And I think that's something that um, probably where you live, everybody knows, but where I live, um, people might not really understand the difference between a hike and where you go to the top of a mountain, for example, and actually climbing a mountain in like a mountaineering sense. And uh, I think it's cool that you might be able to offer different events that would give maybe uh, both of those uh, different um, experiences to people. Yes, yes. It's it's also um, a side objective uh, of this type of reenactment events is not only about um, uh, re the reenactment itself, but it's also um, a life experience. Um, it's also about um, um, a quite fast team building because uh, you don't know your neighbor in the tent. Uh, maybe the one, the guy is coming from uh, Russia, US, uh, Norway, Italy, or wherever. And uh, and in few minutes, as soon as you are in um, difficult condition because of the snow or the cold. Uh, is going to be your best friend. <laughs> so um, it's it's also really a, um, a personal experience. Um, and when I say a personal experience, it's a collective experience. So um, the capacity to meet other reenactors from different countries and also other cultures and languages, even if we trying, everybody were trying to speak English the best way we can. Um, uh, but it's also uh, then a, a collective connection and experience. But in the same time, it's really an individual and personal experience of um, pushing the limit to, to yourself. So um, this capacity to, to, to come back home and to say, OK, I've done a reenactment event. It was fine. We have done nice pictures, etc. But I did something unique in my life. I did something that even in modern equipment, I wouldn't do it. And, and some guys told me this. I mean, um, we, we, we went uh, in really high level altitude in the bivouac uh, last time uh, in 2021. We got a, um, uh, a snow uh, storm. Uh, it was really a nightmare in terms of weather conditions. Um, and, and during the event, it was like, oh, God, uh, <laughs> the event's going to be really difficult. But at the end... I'm pretty sure it was one of the most uh, beautiful souvenir of, of uh, for the participants. Um, so uh, this is the beauty, really, uh, I guess, of projected advice is is this capacity to go behind the the, the reenactment event and and to create this experience um, of of, uh, of team and also uh, this capacity to, to to push our own limits and um, and it's quite easy for me, I will say, because having people with um, low experience of mountain trips um, and also um, maybe not just not the capacity to go in mountains. I got uh, guys from Netherlands. Uh, um, it, it's really a pleasure for me to, to offer them this experience and, uh, and, and to offer them with security this experience because it's just a question of perception. For me, um, walking on the glacier, depending on the glacier, I'm 100% sure that's nothing going to happen. Um, but for a guy, which is the first time for him, I mean, he's, he's, uh, it's a mix of uh, discovery, danger, and, and completely new environment. So 
Um, I, I really would like to, and I'm going to focus um, about the activities and the program for this uh, large edition in 2005 to focus on the participant experience and uh, and obviously pictures after in an event and good pictures um, will be a, a beautiful uh, thing. But uh, the main added value is uh, what you bring with yourself when you go home. Sure. That sounds really fun. What about the, the 2024 event for next year? Um, what kind of objective are you looking at for this more challenging version of the event? So in, in 24, um, as I said, it's, uh, we, we're going to focus on the, the sportive um, performance. Um, uh, it's a small edition uh, in collaboration with um, a Czech association called uh, NZN. Um, they have uh, they took part to Project Edelweiss since uh, 2012. Um, so they know about the the event. They know about the uh, period techniques, uh, which are different to the modern one. Uh, as soon as you you start climbing, um, and um, it's going to be in July 24. Um, we have um, uh, an objective of. Uh, uh, summit uh, about 4,000 meters altitude, uh, which is high uh, <laughs> uh, in, in Switzerland, uh, to, to compare the, the, the summit of uh, 2025 will be about uh, 3,000 something. Um, and this uh, 1,000 meters um, create a, a huge gap in terms of uh, condition. Um, so um, we, 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 we're going to try to uh, optimize the, the, the team success is the reason why it won't be a, a, an open um, uh, registration. Um, it's going to be a selection under uh, invitation uh, to make sure we're going to have a kind of a best uh, dream team <laughs> um, with uh, participants um, having a significant mountain experience. Um, we we're gonna split the team. Um, normally, we should be about ten or twelve guys. Uh, two will be uh, in charge of the of the high altitude bivouac to make sure that uh, the bivouac is uh, properly set up. Uh, we keep um, we keep the the bivouac in order despite the weather, the wind, or whatever might happen, uh, including um, the the water uh, logistic and uh, having always something hot to <laughs> to drink. And um, and the climbers will be divided in uh, different teams. So we we're gonna have uh, two or three members per um, rope uh, rope teams, um, and um, we're gonna really take time to uh, to I will say read the mountain, uh, to wait for the right uh, weather window, uh, the best conditions. Uh, we're gonna spend three days, two nights over there, and we need about six hours, a window of six hours to make the summit. So it will be an um, uh, interesting, um, interesting um, uh, experience because we really will be in, in the condition of the period climbers that going to stay one, two, three, four, five days at the same place at the highest bivouac close to the summit and waiting for the the, the perfect conditions, uh, these small windows of few hours to um, to uh, to climb up and down. Um, so um, 
uh, it's going to happen in the Sass Valley. Uh, it's uh, south of uh, Switzerland, close to the Matterhorn, for the one who knows, uh, where is uh, Zermatt, the, the famous uh, mountain. Uh, and you, you can Google it, the Matterhorn. And, um, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's something I... I, this is really a personal uh, event for me because it's, it's, it's something we have done the last time in this type of uh, format in 2013 and we succeeded, three of us, to, uh, to reach the summit and you understand that it's really a, a team building and even if only three of us reach the summit it's because of the, of the job of uh, the entire team including the one in the bivouac, including the one caring about the, uh, the water um, carrying the ropes, etc. So uh, um, it's um, it's not the success of three; it's really the success of a team of uh, ten or twelve. To uh, uh, it's it's like uh, launching a, a rocket on the moon. Uh, you have two guys on the moon at the end, but uh, you have uh, one, more than one hundred or one thousand people working on the project uh, to to make these two people uh, reaching the moon. So, uh, <laughs> voila. How confident are you that you guys are going to be able to make the summit of this challenging peak again? Are you concerned about safety? I mean, uh, I know that this is a serious endeavor, this sport, and um, that accidents can happen. Is that something that is kind of in your mind as you're planning for this this challenging uh, mountaineering achievement? Yes, obviously. Um, for this type of... Um, of uh of events, I have the same approach than for my own modern uh, mountain trips. Um, you have to think about all the worst cases and in the same time to make sure you mitigate the risk and you reduce the probability uh, of uh, having something. And when I say having something, it is not, it's not reducing the risk of having an accident but reducing the, the, the factors that trigger an accident. Uh, because an accident, you, you, cannot, you cannot manage. Uh, it's happened. Uh, you can walk on the, on the flat, uh, on the flat uh, uh, area and uh, someone's going to do a, a wrong move and something going to happen with a knee. This is, could happen. But... Um, Reducing the the, the what uh, trigger accidents will be um, uh, the weather conditions that will be one the good equipment um, and uh, the capacity to take decision and uh, in order to have this capacity to take the right decision uh, you need to have this uh, confidence uh, of um, of a small team um, and um, at the end I, I I will be the one having the last word. Um, I mean, if the weather is not good during three days, we're going to remain at the bivouac waiting for three days and going back to the camping place. We won't take the risk uh, because we have uh, planned this for over one year to, to go up and down and, and to uh, increase the probability of accidents. So I, it's always about how to take decision to keep the, the, the probability of an accident, um, the, the lowest possible. Um, normally, due to the month of July and uh, being three days in the mountains, that should increase the probability of best conditions for the summit. 
So in advance, I'm trying to 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 get the the best um, the the best conditions. But uh, obviously, you you never control the weather. That will be the the first enemy. The weather is uh, something um, difficult to to anticipate, and even in in high altitude, um, the weather change changes um, are really fast. Uh, and you can be surprised by uh, a fog, for example. You're on top of the summit on the way up or way down, and then you have a really heavy fog that's uh, uh, gonna gonna mess you up uh, in terms of uh, orientation and, and direction to for the way down. Um, but normally, the month of July and um, and the three days gonna guarantee um, uh, uh, chances of uh, of uh, optimal uh, condition. For the rest, obviously, in terms of uh, um, uh, backup. Um, I've, I'm always connected with the the, the local uh, mountain security and and rescue team uh, with phones. So we are carrying um, um, uh, at least two phones um, up, and um, and uh, and I know um, some uh, refugees uh, about uh, two hours walking. Uh, in case we we have a we have an issue, I can uh, reach people by the air. And if we have any issue with the phone, um, I can reach um, uh, people um, uh, from the uh, from a, a land way <laughs> to walk two hours and and, and to get uh, to get contact with uh, with the refuge. So um, this is something really critical, and I approach this kind of events like for more than equip uh, more than climb, um, and um, and is reason why this. Um, Capacity to be serious is easier with people you know, with people who already experience um, uh, mountain condition in, in and even in period conditions, um, and um, and I I, I I really trust the the, the team and, and and we did it in 2013. So uh, now uh, we just have to pray for good weather. <laughs> I know we talked about this a little bit um, on the previous episode when we discussed the event. You told me that you had to be very sort of selective in choosing people to participate in this event because of the physical requirements um, and how fit and, and experienced a person has to be in order to have a chance at successfully achieving what you guys are trying to do. Um, for the, the other event, the one that is lower standards, are you going to still have to do the same process in terms of vetting every participant or are you just sort of putting out a general um, expectation and assuming that the people that come will be able to meet your expectations? That will be, I will go for the second, uh, second option really to be, to be open and, 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 and to, um, to, to make accountable the people for their own registration. So if they decide the registration will be open in September 24 and will be closed in March 25. So uh, they will have almost one year uh, since the the starting of the registration and uh, and uh, and two years almost by, from now. So um, if if we'll trust the the the, the process of, uh, of of interesting people, uh, interested people uh, for this project. Um, so it will be a uh, general advisors that can register. We can uh, make sure about um, the impression itself uh, to 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 help the one uh, where 
for the one um, where the pre-war impression is uh, is is new or or difficult to to set up we, we we're gonna support them um but we'll be really open to all levels the, the only thing the participants should know and uh, or the applicants should know is the fact that uh, the um, the the best uh, the train before and the the easier will be uh, the event for them um, if they are not training before they ca they can do the the full event for the large edition of 2025 due to the the level of of Ike and and the the easy pass uh, uh, selected even if we're going to walk on the glacier and we're going to go in high altitude it's going to be still really a, uh, first easy standout um uh, at least for swiss people <laughs> um and um and the only thing they're going to lose is the fact that it's going to be really painful and uh, and and they won't feel uh, okay during the the full event so the better they train before and the more enjoyable will be the event but uh, we'll be uh, really open to all applications but i i, I guess I, I never had a i never had um, a bad surprise or uh, or strange people uh, contacting me uh, the, the event is, is, is known enough um, to have the right people coming to us. And, and that's good. Um, I don't have to, at the end, I, I never had to select too much because um, we have always serious people um, and honest people that uh, come to, to, to contact us and, and to ask. Uh, a lot of people ask a lot of questions before. And then they start to 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 get involved and to um, and to apply to one of the of the editions. So we are quite lucky on that part. We is um, the filtering is not um, is not um, um, an activity for us uh, fully till now. <laughs> That's cool. So if someone wanted to do the more challenging 2024 event, um, are, is registration open now and uh, would it be possible for people listening to this maybe to uh, get involved in time for what you're trying to do next year? Yes, obviously. Um, they can contact me directly uh, via private messages on the Facebook page of um, Project Edelweiss. Um, it's going to be an informal uh, process uh, for this uh, small edition. And uh, for 25, um, all the information will be shared on the, on the Facebook page. We're going to have a a Google form to uh, to uh, to process the registration of the participants. Um, also, a, a shared file uh, with all the uh, necessary information related to uh, uh, water rations, equipment, uh, pre-war impression, um, interesting dealers to to get the equipment, etc. So the support will be really higher um, uh, for 2005 uh, next year. Just um, send me a private message. Uh, we have a talk or a call, and uh, and we're gonna see uh, if we can uh, if we can um, uh, go with you for the the coming edition. The only really critical point is to make sure the people, if is new for project advice, uh, as a, a really climbing activity, a recurrent climbing activity. Uh, he knows what is a mountain and how to behave uh, with the glacier and, and 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 walking on the ice and all the the basic security uh, uh, concepts. Um, we have um, now six to seven, yeah about six seven participants uh, for the next edition 2024 and um, 
uh, we will reach ideally a level of 10 or 12 people. So we have still a room for uh, crazy people to join. Um, and uh, and for the one who, who wants to have this uh, uh, mountain experience in, in full period condition in, in the mountains, um, but uh, not uh, putting too much pressure, <laughs> uh, the larger edition of uh, 2025 will be, uh, will be open. I, I haven't mentioned one point about uh, the large edition is something new for projected advice is the organizational challenge also in terms of how to drive a, a company, <laughs> how, to, uh, how to manage uh, in a period military way people. Uh, projected advice was always a kind of a gypsy climbers in the mountains. You know, uh, this type of units, even during the, at this time, were really uh, um, uh, specific in the German army. Uh, uh, in the high mountain, uh, Unteroffizier, uh, an Oberjäger, uh, if the guy is mountain guide, uh, will have more authority than the lieutenant uh, for uh, specific cases in the high mountain. So, the hierarchy is a bit uh, changed, let's say, uh, based on the experience of the guy. Uh, it is definitely not the same uh, discipline than uh, than the, the classic infantry. But uh, for this larger edition, we we're gonna have to to have a, a more structured army approach, let's say. So that is also a challenging uh, uh, step for for us because uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not. Uh, uh, all the, the German drill and all this part is, is not really uh, in, in the culture of Project Advice, but uh, we need to, to, to touch a bit this part to make sure we can manage properly uh, this large uh, amount of people. I'm sure that will be a challenge. Um, I did want to ask, if for people who are interested, maybe people are listening to this and they're interested in the more challenging um, of the events, is there a way that people could train for this now? Is there a way that somebody with no mountain experience could get the necessary mountain experience to be able to participate in the more challenging one? Um, yes, physic yes and no, unfortunately. Yes, uh, because physical condition can, uh, can be uh, um, prepared. So uh, it's, uh, it's really about... Uh, at least, for example, the capacity to, to run uh, twice a week, one hour at the end of the training, I mean, a few months before the event. Uh, if you can only do this, that, that, that's fine. Um, uh, obviously, it's better to, to, to rest uh, two, three weeks before the event to avoid any, uh, any uh, bad accident or, or stupid things. Um, and, and the answer is also no, because um, maybe uh, the audience doesn't know, but um, in the high mountains, um, I don't know the, the word in English, but uh, you have uh, symptoms of altitude. Um, and this is really a true Russian bullet. You can be, you can be an Olympic uh, gamer and you're going to be completely sick because of the pressure in altitude. And, um, and at the opposite, you can be a really average guy and you're going to feel fully fine with the altitude. So um, we have a, a list of symptoms. Uh, I won't list them <laughs> because sometimes it's quite disgusting. Um, but uh, the, the, the body going to overreact to the pressure. And this is nothing related to your physical condition. It's, it's, related, it's related to your genetic 
uh, is related to your own blood, um, your constitution. So um, once again, training to to um, twice a week, uh, one hour uh, running. Uh, that will be uh, a great a uh, few months before the the event. Uh, but once again, uh, nobody. Um, can uh, anticipate or, or or train for this type of mountain symptoms until you experience uh, the the trip in high altitude and and you're gonna discover by yourself how has how your body uh, will uh, will um, will react. So unfortunately, uh, yes and no. <laughs> but uh, it's it's yeah. it's it, it's a small percentage of the population that overreact. It's interesting. I don't know how my body would react to the pressure of very high altitudes. Um, and I might never find out because I am afraid of heights. Yeah, it, it's just, it was, it's one of those events where you can't really describe it. You sort of have to be there because it just felt so much like you were actually in Normandy. I think that female reenacting is still sort of in its embryonic stage. But I do think that there is room to grow. We do have so much camaraderie in this uh, this hobby of ours, this reenacting. And I think it's important for us to realize that because we're here to support each other. The Reenactors Corner, bringing history to life. Bruno, so if people want to get involved, is the best way to send you a message to the Project Edelweiss Facebook? Yes, yes. Um, I'm checking every every day and uh and i'm trying to uh, to answer in the within the 24 hours so uh, yes that's the really best way to reach me out for the first co connection and then i can share uh private emails phones and and to have a, um, a closer connection to uh, to to follow up with the preparation and, and and the application sounds fantastic bruno thank you so much for coming on and telling us about this again i really enjoy hearing you talk about it thanks a lot chris Okay, so to Bruno and to everybody out there, stay safe, and I'll see you in the field. We love hearing what you think about the podcast, so why not reach out to us on Facebook or Discord? Just search for The Reenactors Corner, and you'll find us there. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting us via Patreon. Your generous contributions, no matter how big or small, really do keep us on the air, and you'll also get regular additional exclusive episodes as a thank you. You can find details of where to find us on Patreon in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time here on The Reenactors Corner. <laughs>